We are officially kicking off a new series here on the podcast to go hand in hand with our last 90 days challenge. Every single month for the next three, I have a theme in mind that I think will help us to elevate and to grow and to look at life in a new way. And the theme for October is curiosity. Curiosity. Because I think that words have power. And when we talk about the idea of making change or changing our beliefs or looking at life in a different way, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Sometimes those words can be triggering. But the word curiosity, to me, feels light and playful. It feels like you ask questions and you explore and you give yourself permission to consider things that you haven't. So I'm starting a new series here in the month of October called the Curiosity Series. I'm sitting down with experts to talk about things that I've been curious about in the past and maybe you are curious about in your life right now. And my very first guest is my energy healer. I started working with Kimberly Lucas a couple of years ago. I was in a really hard season of my life and not sure where to turn. And working with Kimberly is sort of a combination of energy work and therapy and childhood trauma and all kinds of stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a pretty witchy conversation we're about to have. So if you are into hippie, ethereal, out there vibes, you are going to love this. And if you've never considered things like this before, or maybe they even seem taboo, depending on how you grew up, just keep an open mind. I think that that's what the idea of curiosity is all about, that we consider things we haven't before. In this conversation, Kim and I explore medium work, meaning speaking to people who have passed on. We talk about angels and spirit guides and energy healing and losing loved ones. We go all over the place. And I really enjoy the conversation. I hope you do too. And if for some reason talking about these kinds of things makes you feel anxious or makes you feel like they're bad or wrong, even that is something to be curious about too. Why do you feel this way? Why is it triggering for you? I hope that however you receive this conversation, it hits you exactly where it's meant to. This is my conversation with Kimberly Lucas. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Let's start with all of the things that are happening around us right now. We're at my house because it felt like a cool thing to do this chat. We're at my house hanging out with Kimberly and you're going to understand if you're listening why she's so important and why that's such a big deal. Uh, but I wanted to do this conversation here at home because so much of our work together has been in this space, starting when this space was totally empty. <laughs> so I guess like first explain what you do. Let's start there. Okay. So it's very, it's a very broad question, right. but I'll answer it the best that I can. So I do fascial stretch therapy. So I'm mm -hmm. a fascial stretch specialist, but I also do a method called the Walla method. I'm a Walla method practitioner, and I'm also a completion process practitioner from Teal Swan. Okay. And so what that entails is a very spiritual side. So I address a lot of trauma from our childhood and a lot of trauma that happens to us when we're younger can affect us into our adulthood. And so it can cause physical pain, symptoms within our body, whether it's internal, external, 
And so I get to the root cause of honestly pain, mm-hmm. whether it's physical, emotional, or mental. Right. And so with those two methods, I get to the the root cause of it. And that's what do you, I do. Well. Do you call it like energy healing or how do you explain <sighs> honestly, it? Because usually I'll tell people like, oh, she's an energy healer, but that's not really, but it feels like the most basic way that I can explain to people what you do. Correct. And it's, it's from two methods. I intertwine them and then I add my own little dance to it as well. But I'm going to lay it flat out. It's not me. I call it God work. Right. It's God's work. It's universe's work. Right. It's like you're channeling something bigger than you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we met originally because when I do conferences or when I have big speeches and stuff, I would find someone in the city that I was in to do fascia stretching. So fascia, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that connective tissue between your muscle and your bone? Yes, okay. but also the fascia tissue is what, it's our connective tissue. It looks like a spider web, but it also intertwines between our muscles, our ligaments, our tendons, um, even our internal organs. So it's the whole connective piece that put, holds everything together within our body. Right. And it's yeah. a much deeper, more intense uh, stretch than, you know, just going to get a massage or even work that I might do with a Cairo. So I started doing this years ago. And when I was going through my divorce, I was holding so much tension in my body. And that mm. was on top of the tension that was already there before. <laughs> yes. And I asked my assistant at the time if she could help me find someone who did that type of stretching, which is how she found you. And as it is, because the universe is amazing, (laughs) she was like, she does this, but then she also does this other thing. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to go, this is my assistant talking, she's like, I'm going to go have it done. And I'll tell you if it's like anything interesting. And then she was like raving. I don't know one person who has ever gone to see you who isn't like tripping out after the session. Yeah, they all trip out. <laughs> I trip out, right. even myself, working right. on myself. Right. <laughs> Never gets old. Uh, so I was sort of like unsure of what it all was. And she was like, yeah, and it's like your inner child and yeah. then ancestral mm-hmm. trauma and just all this stuff. And I was like, well, I'm crying myself to sleep every night. I don't really like need that at this moment. But I really do want to stretch. So I remember you came over to this room and it was empty. It was empty. It was empty because I had moved during COVID and it was impossible to get furniture. And even just the beauty of like how far we've come uh, or how far I've come to be sitting in this room and have it be filled and have it be a home uh, was a long process of, of creation. So I remember you came over to do a stretch, just a stretch, and you got to my neck and literally y'all, like she ran her fingers down the side of my neck, like you were doing something and I started choking. You barely touched me and I started like choking and then I caught my breath. You were like, are you okay? I caught my breath and I was like, oh no, it's fine. It's been like that forever. And I remember you looked at me, you were like, um... Oh, girl. We got <laughs> like, some stuff. Yeah, and it was really, I sort of knew, I had heard about the idea that your body carries emotions mm-hmm. inside of it, but I think that was the first time I really experienced mm-hmm. it. So tell me, like, in that moment, before we get to, like, what mm-hmm. you did, what do you feel, like, are you feeling something energetically or mm-hmm. how do you know, like, oh, this is a problem that is not going to be fixed with a stretch? Because mm-hmm. in your work, sometimes you'll say, oh, it's structural. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually do need to stretch this out. And sometimes you're like, yeah, this is an emotional thing or a spiritual thing that has nothing to do with the system of your body. Yeah. When it's been there for a long time and you've done all these things, chiropractic, massage, stretching, and it keeps reoccurring that's my message. This is something deeper that needs to be addressed. And emotions, if they're repressed, what happens, they get trapped into a chakra. So for you, Rachel, you had so many emotions trapped into your throat chakra, not being able to express yourself, not being able to speak your truth, right? So those emotions become very stagnant in your throat chakra. And each chakra loves to flow like a waterfall, right? And if they are not flowing, it's going to manifest into some kind of physical pain or symptom 
to get your attention. And so once I got to your neck, your body automatically knew what I can do. And so your body was like, okay, knocking on the door. You can really help Rachel with this. And so I need someone's permission in order to go there. Because a lot of people, they're just very close-minded. But I knew with you, we were able to go there. So I just... Yeah. You literally... you And it's so funny because we've worked together forever. And you'll still ask me all the time. You're like, oh, can I work on this? Yeah. Um, so in that moment, you were like, can I work on this? And I was like, Ooh, okay. And I think... Uh, what's so interesting too is that it wasn't there, there's so many layers to this right like it's your throat chakra which yeah. I've learned so much about that in the last year but it's your throat and also it's on your left side which is your feminine energy mm -hmm. so even more specifically I remember you were like is there a woman in your life that you don't feel like you can speak your truth to and I was like girl how long <laughs> do you have <laughs> I got time <laughs> right right and then I'm thinking, okay, she wants to work on it. And you moved away from me. I think you might have sat down. I sat down. It was and gonna... you start like, what are you doing? Okay, so <laughs> people look at me like, what the heck is she doing? So it's called, it's off-body muscle testing. Okay. You may have experienced muscle testing with an acupuncturist or a chiropractor where they push on your arm. And if your arm is weak or when it's strong, yeah, it's the same thing, but I'm doing it with my fingers. Okay. So it makes things a lot quicker Yeah. and your arm won't get tired because I ask a lot of questions. And so what's happening in that, in that moment is I'm asking your body, where's this coming from? Is this physical or is it emotional? I get mm -hmm. emotional. Great. So then I pinpoint it. What emotion is it? How old were you when this came about? And da, 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 da. Yeah. And what I love about you two, and I've told so many people this, is that when you're doing a session, Kimberly will ask you like, okay, you know, what is it? There's some emotion or there's something that you need to hear or there's something you yeah. need to say. Or you'll, you'll ask a question. And then I've done this. All my girlfriends have done it. My boyfriends, <laughs> are, like we've all had this moment where we give you an answer and you're like, mm, no, that's not. <laughs> because I think that in this sort of, in the, in the work that you do, I think that there, it would be so easy to just say, yep, that's mm -hmm. it. That's exactly mm -hmm. because then the person who's sitting there feels like they're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're getting their answer. But I love that you will push back and be like, no, that's not it. We need to go deeper. Yeah. And it, a lot of times when, when someone first answers a question that I may ask them, their persona that's answering. Ooh, interesting. It's their persona. It's their protective yeah. mechanism that's yeah. answering. Yeah. And so when they answer like that, I'm like, are they answering from their truth? Right. Or they're answering because they don't want to go there. They're not consciously aware of it. Right. That's the thing. They just don't, they're not consciously aware. Right. And so, um, so I, you want to go deeper. Yeah. You want to go deeper because if you don't get to the root, it's just going to keep reincurring. Right. And I think for me, what I was surprised about, well, in that, okay, so that was like first session. That was our first session. And what was <laughs> fucking wild was that you stood back up and you started working on my neck again. And I did, I mean, um, you had not touched me. So the first time barely runs her hand down my throat, I start choking. Second, now you're like literally massaging mm -hmm. the side of my neck and like nothing was happening. And, and I remember going like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what the power of this. It's crazy. And so we finished that stretch, but I was like, okay, I got to do like a real session with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I got to tell you this because after that session, I was went into my car and I was like, she probably thinks I'm so crazy, <laughs> no. but I need it to happen. Yeah. I'll be surprised if I hear from her again, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sign me up. And like, I'm so open to all the things. And so we did a, like a, a real session together. And that one was addressing like inner child that yeah. was addressing ancestral trauma mm -hmm. and it was crazy. Like I almost wish this sounds like insane, but I almost wish every session could be like sort of the magic of that first one. Cause it's, I, I sound like a, I sound like a, uh, I don't know what I sound like, but it's, you just sort of feel it energetically in your body in a way that having gotten more used to it now, I don't feel like it's as a 
whatever. But I remember like, because again, the room's empty, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, the room was completely empty. And you, all sorts of like past loved ones were coming Mm -hmm. in and like all this stuff was happening. And like at one point we're doing work, almost sort of imagine as, as the person being worked on, Kimberly's sitting, she's not touching me at all. We're literally talking. She's like away from me. And I'm almost in a meditative state sort of is how I go through the process. And we finished. And I was like, that music was wild. Do you remember that? I was like, the music was wild. And you were like, what music? (laughs) And I'm like, oh no, a hundred percent. There was like violin music playing the whole, and I thought it was my neighbor's. And you were like, Rachel, there was no music. And you, the whole thing was freaking trippy. It was trippy. (laughs) And then you were like, do you have any sage? I was like, no. I don't know. You were working on the ancestors. Right. And everyone like came in and you were like, yeah, you need to smudge your house. Like there's no furniture here. You haven't sort of established anything. And then all these like people were up in your grill and you need to clean. And I remember calling my friends who lived down the street. I'm like, these people are hippies. I'm like, y'all have any sage? Cause it was nighttime. And they were like, hell yeah, we do. And I said, do you know how to smudge a room? And they were like, absolutely. And they came like it was an, a fire. Like it was an emergency. They took it so seriously. I knew they and would. They like every single, I had no idea what they were doing. I was like, blow some of that smoke on me. And I just remember being like, oh my, I was here by myself, no furniture. I'm like, I just invited all these ghosts in my house. The power of Christ. Exactly. It was so wild. It's so interesting to navigate the exploration of new things. And Mm -hmm. this month in podcasts and in the work that we're doing with the community, the word and the theme that we're pulling from is curiosity is the idea of being curious. One of my favorite words. Good. And I think having grown up in a really strict religious upbringing, everything that I'm curious about now and sort of exploring is what I would have been told Mm -hmm. was the devil when Mm -hmm. I was younger. Mm -hmm. And the idea of connecting more deeply with nature or connecting more deeply with your spirituality, I would have been told was a sin. You know, I was telling, I, I had Reiki done for the first time, which is a type of energy work, had Reiki done a couple weeks ago and it was wild. And I remember thinking like, the, it, I had some of that old stuff coming up in me. Like, am I about to be possessed by the devil? Like it was, you know what I mean? Cause didn't you grow up with some religious stuff too? Well, I grew up, I went to like Baptist church, um, like vacation Bible school when I was little, but through my trauma, when I was little, I stopped believing in God. Okay. Like completely. Right. And then I started believing in God once I started getting the signs when my best friend died. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so tell that story because this is really how you say your spiritual journey began. That's where my original spiritual journey began when I was 24. Because of my childhood, I had a rough childhood, um, sexual abuse. And so I was very angry at God. And so I stopped believing in God because I thought God did that to me. And so long story short, I have this best friend when I turned 20. She was my, this was when I was a personal trainer. She was my very first client. And we just hit it off and we became so close. We did everything together. She was a doctor and neurologist for kids. And um, we go do races together. And then one day I woke up and I just didn't, like something wasn't sitting right. And I was heading to the gym to go train my clients. And I was like, something is off. And then a couple hours later, her nurse messages me on Facebook. And I thought that was odd. And she's like, Kimmy, have you heard from her? And I knew instantly. I knew. Oh my God. Ugh. So I knew instantly that she was gone. And this is good because I've never talked about this out loud. So this is good healing <laughs> for my own self. And so they found her dead in a bathtub and it was a murder. And till to this day, they still don't know Holy what happened shit. to her. And that's the first time like I've hit rock bottom. Like I've never had like crazy bad thoughts, suicidal thoughts, even like when I was little, when 
I was going through the sexual abuse. I've never had those kind of thoughts until she was gone. I just like my world just ended because she was like my safe haven. And I had such a hard time of what was happening. But this is the beautiful thing because she was so connected to God, but she would never push it on me. And she always respected my space. And this is, this is so cool, Rachel. You're going to love this. She was a huge faithful woman, loved God, loved the universe. But that the gym I was in, to the right on the ceiling above, they had these fluorescent lights. And they've been out for like six, eight months. Okay. And I was partnered up with chiropractor. So it was in his facility. And so that Monday, she died on a Monday, took off work, obviously. That night, I told myself, I'm going to go to work. I need to go to work. I just need to get my mind. I don't want to be stuck at home and grieve and cry. And, and so I go to the gym and I turn the lights on and those fluorescent lights are on. They're the brightest lights in the whole room. Wow. And so I was like, this is wild, huh? Didn't think much of it. And they turned on when I was right underneath them. They flickered and all of a sudden they just turned on really bright. Didn't think much of it. That night, closed the studio down, turned the lights off. Next morning, I go back in. Wednesday morning, go back in and I turn the lights on and the lights are off the fluorescent lights again. I'm like, that's so interesting. And so the chiropractor who owns the building, he ends up calling a electrician to come check out the lights. Finally, he <laughs> called the electrician to check out the lights. And the electrician comes and he's like, there's no way these lights could have turned on because they're completely, the cord is completely disconnected. <laughs> and that's when I knew, I'm like, okay, she is here. She's mm. trying to get my attention. And then ever since then, the lights would just keep coming on. TV would automatically turn off or turn on. It was crazy, Rachel. Yeah. So that began, began my real spiritual journey into my own self-healing and back to that curiosity. And that's when the curiosity started opening up again. Right. Like and you started to more. wonder. Right. You there's started to wonder. More. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Oh my God, I have like 10,000 questions to follow that up with. I guess let's start, let's let's stay on the theme of curiosity for yep. a minute. In that space, because mm -hmm. I know that there will be people who are listening to this who are either like, y'all bitches are crazy, or <laughs> this is okay. sort of interesting and I was already kind of wondering about this. And for people who are curious in mm -hmm. learning more about any part mm -hmm. of their spirituality, whether that's a spiritual practice or they believe that the, you know, presence of their grandmother who passed mm -hmm. away 15 years ago was with them or whatever like how did you start to go okay I'm curious now what so with that I just stayed curious of the possibility that there is something more out there and I allowed myself to be open with it and I started feeling her around me like I could feel her presence around me I could feel her talking to me I just knew when she was there, like I, all of a sudden I could feel her energy. Yeah. And that started bringing me more closure. Like, and peace. So much peace. Right. Even though her physical form wasn't here, but she was still spiritually here. Yes. Like she, she, she's, she's here right now. She's right. the one that I feel like I intuitively believe that brought me to you. Mm, that's and rad. And with my whole journey. That's rad. Yeah. Just stayed curious. On yeah. The, What's her name? Laura. 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 Very cool. Yeah, Hi, Laura. She's here. What's up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think what's really powerful about the word curious, and it's why we chose that as opposed to saying like discovery or um, change or uh, because words have a lot of power. And yeah. for some people, they have a lot of baggage or they can be triggering. But curiosity says you don't have to have all the answers. Curiosity says it's sort of playful, right? Like you can just sort of see. This is the, the that's perfect that you mentioned curiosity on, on this podcast because Rachel, this is what all this work is. Everything I do is through curiosity. Mm. If I don't have that curiosity, I wouldn't be where I'm at now, especially with my health. Yeah. It was through healing my body, through the emotions. It was that curiosity that got me healed. Nice. And tell me like what nice I sound insane. I'm like, yes, I'm such <laughs> yeah. a creep. But I love, I love this. And I think I was reading this book the other day that said, 
as you like begin to evolve or learn more or sort of grow spiritually or experience your evolution, it will be harder and harder to find people who can talk to you about it. So part of like, I love getting to spend time with you because I'm, you don't, I don't with almost everybody else. I have to go like, I know this sounds crazy, but I think your grandma's here with us right now. Right. There's only a very small There's amount very of people. Very small yeah. amount. Like, so if you're listening to us and you're like, okay, I want to learn more, like I can say what how my curiosity leads me is always starts with books. I just start devouring. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere around. I mean, hello, all the books around us mm-hmm. are like things that I'm trying to grow and understand more about spirituality. Which, like, I could spend literally the rest of my life mm-hmm. and not touch all that there is to know because Mm -hmm. with this idea, whether you want to go in the direction of like herbal medicine, Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. like these practices go back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So there's so much information out there to Mm -hmm. devour. I start with books. How do you start to learn about something? (sighs) Great question. Books. Yeah. I love books. I've read, um, there's a few of them that really, hit home, but honestly it was working on myself. Right. So you have to sort of solve a thing in you. Yes. And then that's what really started really opening up the doors. I stayed curious with myself. Why am I having this pain? Why am I having this pain? Because growing up, I've always had sore throats, colds, strep throat, because I was never Mm. able to use my voice. And that's why I was able to connect to you and relate to you because I was never able to use my voice or speak my truth, da, 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 da. So it manifested into this physical symptom. Yeah. And then I had a lot of stomach issues, acne. I had this chronic neck pain in my neck. I had to go see a chiropractor every two years and I was doing all these things and nothing was working. Like I was doing everything. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I started getting really curious with the pain and that's when I started getting to the root of it. It was all emotional. Wow. That's so awesome. Every symptom I had was all emotional. I think that I I discover yeah. this more and more as I get older, how much stuff, I always think of it like a computer where you're like, what is wrong with this computer? And like right. nothing's wrong with the computer. You just don't know how to use it. Correct. And I think that our bodies are like that to a much greater degree that we are told however we were raised, whether it was information from society or our parents, Mm -hmm. that this is how you treat a body that is in pain, or this Mm -hmm. is how you treat a body that's acting in this way. And the more that I learn, the more I understand how twisted and warped the way I was raised and to no fault of their own, they did not have this information. Yeah, They only know what they know. Right. So it's like, I know they know how to treat a symptom. They know how to numb pain. Mm-hmm. They know how to do those things, but not ever asking themselves bigger questions. Like I'm on a, in a, in a way I've never done before. And I hope is like still not even as far evolved as I will be, but I'm really trying truly to learn to eat intuitively and to mm-hmm. eat in a way that's like, I, I read this book on Ayurvedic medicine. Are you familiar with Ayurveda? Cause yeah. this will be our new thing to geek out. Do you know your dosha? It's been a while okay. since I've, when I first got into like holistic health coaching like 10 years ago, I was huge into it. And now I haven't been right. back on it. Right. I just loved it. Like I did a test to figure out my dosha and mm-hmm. everything I read, I literally, I made Sterling do it yesterday. <laughs> We're in the car. She's like, I'll do it. But everything I read, I don't know that I've ever had an experience except maybe the Enneagram. The first time I did the Enneagram. Have you done the Enneagram? No. <gasps> what is that? I feel like I've been a bad friend. I'm going to send you a test. Yeah. You're going to take it on your phone. It's gonna, we're going to find out. Rachel. We're going to find out a lot of really good information about you. But it's with the Enneagram, it's a personality test. So it's personality types that are divided up into nine numbers. And the system has been around since ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really old way of mm-hmm. thinking. But once you know it, it's sort of like, you can't not know it. You meet someone, you're like, oh, you're an eight. Like you just, it's, it's wild. Oh, this is and good. everybody who reads it, when they read their number, they're like, it's like reading their diary. It's crazy. And you'll dig it because your Enneagram is fully baked into you. Your Enneagram is fully formed by your childhood. So whatever sort of things you experience in your childhood is what makes you oh, who you are as an adult. So you'll dig it. I need it. to do this. Yeah. Next to Enneagram, I would say that dosha is the thing 
I haven't had such a visceral response to reading a description before of like, it feels so right to me of things that, you know, cause it's talking about always being cold mm -hmm. or your skin is dry mm -hmm. or your digestion is this or whatever. And I just am loving it. And I'm loving sort of mm -hmm. rethinking the way that we take food into our, I just, all of it is fascinating. But what I'm understanding is, it's sort of like every part of how we were taught yep. to be. Yep. I don't want to say it was wrong because it wasn't malicious, but it definitely wasn't right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't right for it wasn't health. Serving our highest good. Yeah. And the idea, you know, the the study that I've like been really intensely into and that everyone on the team is really tired of hearing me talk about uh, for like for the last six months is this idea of manifesting and law of attraction and what do we bring into our lives with the way we're sort of energetically vibrating. And the deeper I go into this work, the more I align with the idea that we are supposed to feel good. And if you don't feel good, if you, if you have pain in your body, if you're experiencing some kind of emotional pain, your body, your spirit is trying to tell you that something is out of alignment. Correct. It's not in harmony. It's not in balance. Right. But we're not raised to think that way. We're no. raised to think, I have back pain. Back pain's normal. Take ibuprofen. Correct. Take it again tomorrow. Correct. Take it again tomorrow. So, you know, for, for you, when you're going through this journey of healing yourself emotionally, I'm going to guess it was not fast. It's not a fast um, process. When I started doing the emotion work, I've been, I've only been doing it for three years. Mm -hmm. So I would say three years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so three years. Yeah. And I'm constantly still, you know, working on self. It's never going to end. This is why we're here as right. humans and we're here to evolve, ascend within ourselves. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a intense three year journey, but I've become in a beautiful way obsessed with it mm -hmm. because this is what we're missing. And everyone is keeps, keeps looking at the physical, the physical, the physical. Yes, the physical is very important. Don't get me wrong. But we're missing a big, big piece. Yeah. There's something deeper happening within us. Yeah. And our subconscious, right, doesn't know the difference between time. So what happens to us when we were little? Wait, it's worth saying right now for podcast listeners, they've heard me say, you say this. 20 times probably in the past oh. year but I never say your name because I'm always like, freaked out that everyone's gonna call you and I'll never be able to get an appointment again I feel like that which is up very <laughs> selfish but I'll always be like my energy healer or my therapist because you are both but you're about to say something that I've quoted you on this podcast at least 20 times so please keep going <laughs> you're the best Rachel <laughs> Okay. So our subconscious doesn't know the difference between time. So what happens to us when we were little that was never healed or even our ancestors that was never healed can still be affecting us today. And a lot of the time pain you are dealing with is something deep in the subconscious and it's just knocking on the door to get your attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say your subconscious doesn't know the difference between things that are happening or have happened and things you make up. So yeah, it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. Like Which is how right you can have an anxiety attack just imagining exactly. what might happen. So yes. So with the work that I do is that we start reprogramming the subconscious. We start reprogramming yeah. the mind because yeah. it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. And so what that looked like for our work together, a lot of times, I think what came up for me most was like inner child stuff yeah. was me at different ages mm -hmm. is how I describe it to people. So you would be like, mm. uh, in fact, in our first like session session, I remember you said, what happened to you at age six? And I was like, nothing. And I have all kinds of trauma in my life. Mm -hmm. So I had been waiting. It's worth saying, like, the whole time we had worked together, I was waiting for age 14 to come up, which is the age that my brother. Your brother. Yeah. And I just kept waiting and waiting. I'm like, it's coming today. And it would never come up, which I thought was wild. It did recently, but for actually a different reason, which was wild. 
But the very first time we worked together, you said, what happened at age six? Like you were like feeling something. And I was like, nothing. I couldn't think. And you were like, sit with it for a minute. And so I was like, okay, well, I would have been in this grade and whatever. And it, oh, I could still cry about it right now. It was when my family moved out of the country into, into town. So I lived, I tell people I'm from Bakersfield, but I actually lived probably 40 minutes away from the city out in the country is where all my family was and was where my grandparents were, who are also here in this room with us. Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) Um, And I was very, very close to them. And so you said, what happened at six? And I, I was like, oh, and you were like, what? And I said, that's when we moved. And I couldn't even get the sentence out. I just started bawling. Like, um, that's when we moved out of the country. And I just was so upset. And I did not even know. It would never have occurred to me that there was trauma in that. And we, we talked it through. And you were like, okay, I want you to imagine, just like you would to your daughter, that you're with your six-year-old self. What? Because sometimes Kimberly will be like, you need to give them something. You mm. need to say something. You you just never know what Kimberly's going to say. You just <laughs> go with it. Out. <laughs> but you said she needs to see something. Six year old six year old you needs to see something. And you were like, "Quick, what's the first thing that comes in your head?" And I just like knew it with such clarity because I had just moved back in this house, which is about forty minutes outside the city. <gasps> And I was like, I started bawling. I was like, she needs to see that we got back to the country. Oh, look at me chills. You could see her. Like she just so beautiful. I know. And I literally in my, I literally visualized, I imagined walking through, I mean, I live out in the hill country. (laughs) Just walking through it with her and showing her like, look, we we got back. We did it. And we're back here and we're back here with grandma and grandpa because they're always with me. But it was so beautiful. It was so healing. I didn't even know that pain was in me. Yes. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's like um, sometimes our consciousness won't even go there. Yeah. Yeah. But within like a session, your subconscious will only bring up what you're ready for. Right. And also it was it was so, so interesting because it was very healing at the exact time that I needed to find joy in yep. this house. Yep. Because I was here and the house was empty and I was sad and, you know, like I, I, I essentially had moved away from home again. You know, I moved out of my home mm-hmm. and now I'm in this empty space and I, it, it, I, I had feelings. I'm so blessed to be able to like find another place to live, but I also felt really weird about it. And well, also because you moving into this house by yourself, yeah. it triggered that six-year-old. Yes. And so that's what right. brought me, right. brought us to right. that six-year-old. Right. Because triggers, all they are is just something within our childhood that was never healed. Right. Any kind of trigger. Yeah. And we've had, a, we've, we have talked through a lot of, <laughs> a lot of childhood stuff. And like, it's so wild. I remember I was telling my friend, Tom, who y'all, if they're podcast listeners know my friend, Tom Bilyeu, he's been on the show before and it has a huge podcast himself. And he's very like, scientific, practical, whatever. Mm. And I remember telling him about you and he was just like, nah, she's <laughs> reading. She's doing a cold read. She knows what to say. I'm like, no, Tom, she doesn't actually tell me anything. Like it's all coming from me. Yeah, I could have said anything when you said what happened at six years old. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's why I feel like the practice is so powerful is because it's essentially therapy, but someone is like guiding guiding i don't know how to explain it it's like you just have to do it for healing to happen you have to experience it right and so i love to take my clients and like for you rachel to take you on that journey the spiritual journey yeah and you have to literally it's like some kind of like a natural psychedelic is how i like to explain it yeah and if you don't experience it it's not going to rewire your brain right So I love to guide that client so they can actually experience it instead of me just telling them. What do you say to someone who is, they feel like they're sensing things, but they either sensing, maybe it's intuition, Mm -hmm. something's off or sensing that maybe they do feel like, you know, a loved one is with them. They're sensing something greater than they know, but they keep talking themselves out of it or they keep going like, I got to be crazy. Because we were saying this earlier that you, when you started to feel like you were tapping into mm. 
how would, what would you call it? Would you call it like being a medium? Would you call it spirit guides? What would you say? Mm, I would just honestly, it's te- we've been programmed to believe that we only have five senses. Mm. That is far from truth. Right. We have a lot more than five senses. And so what it is, it's really opening that sixth sense. And that's what it really is. We all have it. Every single one of us has it. So if someone who has these abilities to talk to spirits, just know you have the same ability. Mm. Every single one of us does. We've just never been taught how to use it. It's been very pushed to the side. Yes. Okay. Or or flat out like made evil or wrong. Made or- evil because there's great power within that sixth sense. Yeah. And they don't want us to have that or know about it. So it's just been programmed and passed down after generation after generation after generation. So when someone comes to me and they're sensing like a spirit with them or they feel a loved one with them, I encourage it because it's something very beautiful We've been so disconnected from it. It's not outside of us. It's a part of us. Yes, we are in this human body, but at the end of the day, we are our soul. And so I encourage them and stay curious with it. Like keep staying curious. Feel into it. What is there a message? What kind of energy is it? Does it have a color? Does it have a feel? Does it have a texture? And the more encourage that, I feel like that's the greatest gift I can also give them because we start losing our imagination and that's when we start getting in trouble. And one of my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, I don't know it to the T, but he says something along the lines, imagination will take us further than knowledge. And people are so ingrained that we have to be smart, smart, like book smart, but no, we're, we're really losing our imagination and imagination is where it's really at. And so I love to really encourage people to, continue to use their imagination, stay curious. Like, honestly, it's the kids that are our teachers. Oh, 100%. I told you, (laughs) Noah says stuff, Ford says stuff, they're still little enough. They say stuff, but Noah especially says things. I'm like, what the? I'm like, oh, why? Why Why did you say that? What do you? It's the kids that are the teachers. And it's the kids, they are fresh from the universe. Mm -hmm. They're still really connected to the universe. So it's the kids that we really need to listen to. Yeah. So they can start. They're going to help us unlearn. It's a lot of unlearning us adults need to do. Right. Right. And so the kids are bringing that piece back. Yeah. In. That's been a big prayer for me. I actually got guidance to have this be my prayer is to pray. I don't know. I don't know the answers. I love that. Because right. What happens? It gets our ego. It gets our persona out of the way. Yeah. So honestly, what I do, Rachel, I tell everyone like, honestly, I really don't know nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> we no, nothing. Right. Like uh, that, I w- it was, I was guided to that of just sort of saying like, I, Hey, I, I've been doing pretty well and I yep. think I've got a good idea, but I release the fact that I think that I know oh, the plan I for my life. That. Yeah. Just every day trying to come back to like just a couple of minutes of saying like, mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know. I don't have the answers and let's be curious about where this goes or what this means or how we show up. Yeah. Uh, in this world around us. It is funny too. You were talking about the idea of, you know, spirits uh, in or guides that are with us. And do you have a distinction, by the way? Do you think that there's a difference or you think that if you feel them, they are a guide of some kind? You know, some people would say like, oh, this is the ghost of my grandma. And then some people would say, your grandma is one of your guides. Is oh, there a difference? So there is a difference. Well, again, I'm going to, this is just a belief. Right. <laughs> But take it or leave. At this point, leave they know. Like, if they're still with us, Kim, they know that we're Yeah, I just hear you. them laughing. It's, they're yeah. just laughing. They're no, because like, I promise they're... that somewhere listening to this or watching it are some other witches who are like, yes, girls, we see you. <laughs> Rachel, what I see, like, the spirit guys are sitting on the couches right. and they're eating their popcorn right. like this. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, this is interesting. Right, feels right. Yeah, they're like, but, oh, oh, you're telling them that this is your belief because they're gonna laugh. Okay. So when you when you see a ghost, yes, they are ghosts. What is happening is that form, um, you can call them an aspect, an entity, they're still stuck in this realm. This you can call it the third dimension realm, the human realm, whatever it is. They were either 
some of them don't even know that they're dead. Some of them weren't even ready to die. And so they're just stuck. And so that's why people experience or see ghosts. Spirit guides, on the other hand, they um, they're a little more ascended. And so you can say they've crossed over or they're with the light, whatever, right? <laughs> I hear them talking. This is so funny. <laughs> what are they saying? What are they saying, Kimberly? <laughs> go oh, they love it. They yeah. love it. So, yes, spirit guides, they are with the light. They're not separate from the light. We're all part of the light. We're never separate. So the ghosts still believe that entity still feels like they're separate. So that's why they're trapped into this right. third dimension realm. Okay. Right. But at the end of the day, we are all one. We're all connected. And so the spirit guides, they're in that realm, that oneness, consciousness, God consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So when I feel spirit guides, they will come on in every session. Like they already know. So it's not re really me doing the work. I just open the door to universe and the spirit guides, their spirit guides to guide, guide the session. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. like with you, every time I always feel some certain different guide and there is a new one here today too. Ooh. <laughs> Let's figure out who. <laughs> so, a woman? Yes. But it's not his grandma? Mm-mm. Did anyone pass when you're like mid twenties? Did anyone pass in my mid-20s? Okay, y'all are going to watch this happen in real time. Did anyone pass in my mid-20s? I'm sure a lot of people did. Like 27? Were you 27, 27. around that age? You guys weren't close. Mm. I have so much family. Do you think it's family? I have so much family, so it's like, I know it sounds terrible, but... Mm -mm, it's not no. family. When I was 27... It's not outside the realm of possibility. Did I know but, them? Did she physically know them? Yes. You okay. Physically knew Because uh, I asked that because sometimes it'll be like, they knew you or they like found you or. You knew, you knew her. You guys weren't close, more acquaint, acquaintances, but you really admired her. I sort of thought like fairy godmother. I don't know why, mm. but that was what popped into my head. Feels right. But here's what I was going to say. I feel like so many people I know have had an experience that they cannot explain with reality, right? Like they've had a moment where they're like, oh, my grandma's house was haunted, or I went to a place and I felt really weird energy, yes. or like you've had experiences that are outside of what reality would tell us is true, but we still doubt that it's possible mm -hmm. that things could be happening. Correct. And it's just a lot of how we've been raised, what's been programmed on us, um, these false beliefs, it's woo-woo, it's the devil, whatever it is, right? So it's just been programmed on us. And so it's just, it's a lot of unlearning we need to do. And for like example, <laughs> I love working with pe like people who come in and they've had this chronic pain for years, years, Rachel. Had this one lady come in and she had this huge knot in the middle of her back. And she's like, it's been here for 10 years. No one can figure out what it is. I've done everything. And I'm like, okay, do you mind if I um, address it? She's like, no. And I was like, well, this is an emotion. You have a lot of anger towards your ex-husband. And she just, she's like, oh, and then like just triggered her so bad. She was so pissed off at him. So furious. Right. And I said, I was like, it's not going to go away until you make men's with that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Make men's with it or make peace with it. And so we did some little inner child work that was triggering her, got her to her present self. She was able to forgive him. She was able to finally let it go. I go back to her back. And the knot is completely gone. And then, Rachel, a year later, I haven't seen this woman since. So I've always wondered, like, I wonder how she is. She probably thought I was so crazy. A year later, I end up running into her. And she's like, Kimberly, you'll never believe the knot is still gone. The thing is, having experienced something similar with you, I totally believe it. <laughs> I totally believe it. It's wild. And I think, like, it, it's it's... 
interesting to me that we would sort of hold on to these experiences where we know that something can't be explained with any knowledge that we have at our fingertips. And yet we will not allow ourselves to believe that there isn't a whole world out there that we don't understand. Yes. And I'd like to add this where you've been taught to be so much in here in our mind. Right. We lead with our mind. We feel with our mind. We think with our mind that we have been so disconnected from our heart. And our heart, the more we connect with our heart, the more we can go into a higher consciousness. And so people are viewing this kind of perspective from the ego. They're seeing small perspective. It only right. has to be this way. They're seeing in a closed box, this container, right? But once we start getting curious and start venturing out and seeing through our heart perspective, you're going to experience and feel things on another level. Right. And that's where truth is. Truth lies in our, it's in our heart. It's within ourself. We're not separate from it. We are part of that truth. I love that. Yeah. I could literally talk to you about this forever. <laughs> uh, we do have to wrap up this podcast now because we also, you have a day that you have to get to and I want to be respectful of your time. But I'm really grateful for you coming and sharing. I feel like this is the first of many conversations because I know these girls are going to have all kinds of questions. <laughs> thank like, you, tell Rachel. us more. No, thank you. This was awesome. Yeah, this was really cool. And I love that we sort of went all over the place, which is what we tend to do. So, Tell people if they want to learn more about your work, they want to like tell them where they can find you. Great. So you can find me. My uh, my husband and I own a business called TK Stretching. We do the fascial stretch therapy and also do the spiritual work. Just know if you're not in Austin, Texas, that's okay. If you really want the spiritual work, I also do it virtual. So you can find us at tkstretching.com or our Instagram, tkstretching. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.